Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Welcome, one and all, to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at MagHuge, Facebook.com slash Magnificently Huge, and you can email us, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. My name is Brian. Okay, what's up with all the Frankenstein stuff? Didn't you guys learn, like, two podcasts ago that Halloween is still a ways away? Why are we doing Frankenstein? Well, all right, here's the story. Um, we had thought about doing a defend an indefensible movie episode where each of us assigned an indefensible movie to the others. And then we realized that was going to be a really long episode, so we decided to do a single episode, and we went with my choice, which was I, Frankenstein, a movie starring Aaron Eckhart as Frankenstein's monster. It's not very good. So I signed it to Chris and Eric, and we were going to do like this whole Law and Order mock trial thing. And as you'll hear, that whole idea, like totally fell apart and didn't happen at all but we do talk about i frankenstein and we also have a whole bunch of the fresh shit for you coming up so sit back and enjoy this is episode 17 of the magnificently huge podcast all right hot dang hey everybody it's another exciting week here on the magnificently huge podcast really has it been an exciting week oh wait we've had another hurricane <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Let's talk about the hurricane, actually. Let's do that. Because I'm, I'm betting the people in Houston are like, hey, our hurricane was nastier, so they, you know, like they're somehow feeling a little more pride over their oh, devastation. I, I don't know. They're both blue states, so they're going to get their federal funding. Here in Oregon, we've got a massive, massive, massive uh, forest fire, and we did not get approved for government support, and that's because we voted for Bernie. I assume that you meant that those two states are red states in Oregon. Is, is blue. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, what I was going to say, too. Did I get it backwards? Because Texas is about as red as they come oh. to go with the next. So wait, okay, wait. But Republicans are red and Democrats are blue. Okay, that. Yeah. That, yeah. Never mind anything I just said. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's pretty much the status quo. Yes. As we speak, Hurricane Irma is um, going over Florida, the west coast of Florida. And Oregon and Montana and, are on fire. And California. Yeah, yeah. So the whole west coast is on fire and the south is drowning. Which, and this is a cycle too, because this, even I remember thinking about this uh, initially, like 25 years ago, there was a lot of rain and wet uh, in one part of the country and another part was all on fire. And I just figured if someone could one day figure out a way to airlift all of that water, then problem would be solved, right? Yeah, it's like the, the global warming and the uh, ice age. Maybe they can cancel each other out. I think that was a Father Sarducci <laughs> quote, uh, joke. Did you see the video of the of the island where the ocean was just gone? Yeah, that's Like so much water freaky. had been pulled out that the, that is the so beach freaky. just extended. Yeah, what it's, the hell? It literally is like, like Roland Emmerich made a documentary. That's what that looked like to me. The thing is, that is called a bungee sissy hoy, and they do not use the proper term when they're talking about it on the news because it's too silly a word. But 
bungee sissy hoy is when the ocean pulls back all the water. <laughs> well, it's like when they call that dust storm a hey boob. That one always gets me too. It, they're dust storms. Whoever's using hey boob is just wrong. <laughs> well, it's just fun to say. We grew up in Arizona and I never heard that until, you know, I was I know. an adult. Sadly. Exactly. I mean, you're not walking around the next day going, hey, did you check out that hey boob last night? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen. They're dust storms, and anybody who grew up in Arizona knows the difference between a cheese crisp and a quesadilla. I think the difference <laughs> is when you see like a a wall of dirt that's a half a mile tall crossing the street. The first time I saw that, I was like, "Okay, that's new." There's lots of dust in the wind. Yeah, I, I, all right. We're on fire today. This podcast is like, we're, hit, we're hitting the ground running. You know what might make it better is if we had a little bit of the fresh shit. This shit is fresh. Oh, shit. It's fresh. This stuff is really fresh. And here we should probably explain fresh shit is the shit we watched this week because it's fresh. I only just realized we don't really explain it. We just play this funny sound clip and then talk about stuff. It's stuff we watched this week. Yay. So, Eric, yes. got any fresh shit? I have fresh shit. I've been playing Skyrim, <laughs> which everybody played years and years ago. Oh. Because I'm you know, a big fan of the Fallout games, and I know that this is a lot like those, so I had to give it a shot. Yeah. Not as into magic and swords. I want automatic rifles. <laughs> it looks pretty. I mean, it's the remastered one for Xbox One. It's, it's fun to walk around in. But I want to shoot shit, and the bow and arrow doesn't quite work as well as the splatter caster in Fallout 4. That's the name of it? Yeah. The splatter caster? It's a splatter caster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, easily. I've actually got some friends at Bethesda work on those games. I tried watching a movie last night called The Perfect Day. Fucking stupid, dumb, awful, blah. It's... What's it about? I'll see if I can get this together. Because uh, we didn't finish it, it's a comedy starring Benicio del Toro. I think that should that should that should do it, right? <laughs> That's brilliant casting, right there. In uh, let's see, a war torn area of something in Eastern Europe, right? So, it sounds like a laugh riot, and they're driving around trying to get. Well, let's see, some of them are trying to get ropes so they can haul a dead body out of a well. Uh, it's like all the hijinks aren't hijinks. It's a lot of conversation where I'm supposed to care. I fully don't. What is this thing called? Um, the Perfect Day. Tim Robbins is in it, and he's not funny. He's not even really watchable anymore. I mean, it's like it's an international cast of dopey people I don't care about. And I just I'm watching this going, why are we watching this? Uh, apparently somebody my wife knows on Facebook had suggested it to her as a movie we might like. We did not. Um, that's all I can say is don't bother watching it. I didn't bother finishing it. But we did finish season two of uh, Mr. Robot, which is great. Everyone who complains about season two, you're wrong. Oh, it's great. I have not seen any of Mr. Robot yet, and everyone tells me I'm supposed to watch it's it. It's good. It's good. I hear it's good, too. I'm just depressed that they didn't put an O on the end just to make it fun. Yeah. That's me. Okay. I've got a few things. Uh, hey, I got another public service announcement. Oh, yay. So... Yet another reason why life in the future sucks. Is this the Equifax thing? 
This is Equifax. Yeah. If you haven't heard, your whole like person is probably been exposed by fucking Equifax, one of the credit reporting agencies. And all the CEOs sold their shares before they announced it, but after they found out about it so they could save their asses. And also, they are offering if I, my wife was telling me about all this and I my 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 jaw was agape. Uh, if you are affected, they will, what is it? Uh, they're basically trying to sell you a free year of credit monitoring and then they start charging you annually and good luck canceling it. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I was hung up on the, what they're giving you, but they're giving you something in exchange for signing an agreement that you won't join any future class action lawsuits. That's where I was going. Yeah. Right. Well, they've actually clarified that the, the, the class action lawsuit thing doesn't apply to the breach, but still not only that. So this explains, like, the mysterious envelopes I've been getting from China with, like, two beads in them. Um, I'm not kidding about that. I actually had to call the postal inspector about that. My credit card had been compromised a few weeks back. And yes, I'm one of the people who was compromised by the Equifax thing, and now I think I know where all this shit is coming from. The, The way to protect yourself is to put a block on your credit. So you have to call all three credit reporting agencies, and you have to say... Don't give me any new credit cards. If somebody tries to get credit in my name, don't give it to them. And you have to pay each of them money for this. And then if you ever do want to apply for something, you have to pay to unblock it or temporarily unblock it. So, you know, the evil genius in me thinks that Equifax has just been taught that breaching our data is a way to increase revenue. Because um, now everybody's going to pay them to, to freeze their credit. To add insult to injury, that leads to my second thing, which is I need to freeze my credit and I can't do it until like tomorrow because today we made the big payment for a kitchen remodel. A kitchen remodel is about to happen in my house. So for the months of October and November, I work from my home. There's going to be like (laughs) clutter and dust and workmen and tiny jackhammers removing tile and pain and misery. I have images of Tom Hanks in Money Pit now. So that's going to be rolling through my head for the next two months. It's going to be fun fixing it up. You'll see. I'm probably going to go rent a desk at, like, one of those, you know, share an office places because I don't think I can deal. I have an image of you, like, running through the yard with bees swarming around your face (laughs) with your arms flailing about. See, I've got an image of you sharing the office space, and there's, like, a bunch of other (laughs) sort of middle-aged guys who have had the same thing. and, And you all just end up hanging out, and then somebody hatches a plan for, like... I, I don't know, having a brothel or something like that, where you you just all go into like a wacky business <laughs> together and it's wacky. Wasn't that like a Will Ferrell movie this summer? I think that was Night Shift. That's Night Shift. A Ron Howard classic. And here are the callbacks. <sighs> uh, two more things. Um, this isn't one of the things I do on Patreon, but are you familiar with the podcast uh, Welcome to Night Vale? I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it. Welcome to Night Vale is like a news broadcast from a town where sinister extraterrestrial things are going on and they deliver it straight. To start things off, I've been asked to read this brief notice. The city council announces the opening of a new dog park at the corner of Earl and Somerset near the Ralphs. They would like to remind everyone that dogs are not allowed in the dog park. People are not allowed in the dog park. 
It is possible you will see hooded figures in the dog park. Do not approach them. Do not approach the dog park. They have a spin-off podcast called Within the Wires, and they're doing season two of Within the Wires. Within the Wires season one was a series of audio recordings that were given to you, a patient in a dodgy um, experimental facility. They're going in a totally different direction. Now these are going to be recordings of different things. The first episode is out, and it's a museum tour recording. But but they're interesting because they they sound normal until they say something just a little off that kind of sets your mind reeling, and then they just keep going like nothing happened. You can clearly see the vast, low gray building curving slightly upwards from the ground on which it sits. It is monolithic and impenetrable. And though the trees surrounding it are taller, it seems to dominate and control them. Do you agree? Have I implied that you should agree? Do you have free will? In the foreground, slightly to the left of the great building, there are people. It's worth a listen. Interesting. We ought to do cool shit like that. <laughs> that would require <laughs> preparation and scripting. Yeah, we ought to do cool shit like that. <laughs> preparation. <laughs> Who's got time for that? And finally, has anybody heard of the Bechdel test? Yes. Mm. Okay, so the Bechdel test is named after a cartoonist, Alison Bechdel, who put it in one of her cartoons but what i saw this week was a broadway show it's the touring company of fun home fun home is based on a graphic novel by allison bechdel about herself and her family does it fail the bechdel test Ooh, does it uh two (laughs) women both named that has that that talk to each other yes about something other than a i don't man. know what the bechtel test is you've thrown um it. hold on hold on i just described it that was the bechtel Re- test repeat it again does your piece of work have two named female characters who talk to each other mm. about something other than a man um honestly yes but there's more of them talking about a man than you'd think because <laughs> play is about really about her father and there's a lot is of talking about her father um, well then, fuck her. He is she's a man. failed. Uh, he is. A- <laughs> she didn't say anything she about context, but but they do talk about some other things. So it, at, at times it passes the Bechdel test, but not by much. It's about her coming out, and it's also about the fact that her father was closeted and killed himself. And it's a musical, and a comedy. And it really shouldn't be. Eh, I don't know that it's a comedy <laughs> any more than her comic Dykes to Watch Out For was funny. Uh, Not it's like haha funny, but ironic funny because you know it fails the Bechtel test. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know that it it should be a musical. It'd be a good play, but as a musical, it's weird. The, the it's called Fun Home because they grew up in a funeral home, and they that's what they call the funeral home as the Fun Home. Oh, I get it. Okay, uh, and they have like the every musical has like a number that tries to be the big showstopper, and and, and in Fun Home, it's the three children. God damn it! Why are the children in this thing? Um, singing a song about the funeral home, and it just doesn't. Uh. You know what mourners so satisfied? They like, they like, they like high formaldehyde. Yeah, here at the fun home, that's a Bechdel funeral home, baby. 
other really funny song is a song when she realizes she's gay. She's just had lesbian sex for the first time, and the song is called I'm Changing My Major to Joan. Foreign study to Joan's inner thighs. A seminar on Joan's ass in her Levi's. Other than that, it's not funny in the slightest. Is there a scene where Macaulay Culkin gets stung to death by bees? No. Because that's what I think of when I hear Fun Home. My Girl? <laughs> yeah, My Girl was just on this weekend, and I actually switched over to the exact scene <laughs> where Macaulay Culkin is <laughs> killed by bees. Well, it's good that you're bringing that up, because I'm out of, I'm finally out of fresh shit, and what, what was yours besides watching Macaulay Culkin get killed by bees? Oh, uh, that was just a random good luck thing. I've actually got a, a few things. I'm pulling a, a Brian this week. Uh, I've got a few things to share with you. Yay! Uh, so music, I have been listening since the Discord label put all their crap up online for free. Uh, I found this band called Soccer Team, which are really good. And their album uh, that I found on vinyl last week, of all things, uh, which was a good bit of serendipity. But it's called Real Lessons and Cynicism. But all the songs are sort of uh, mid-tempo good hooks and that sort of thing but the lyrics are really just cynical uh kind of thing i like it already hooks and cynicism it's it's really good uh they kind of have a imperial teen vibe i don't know if you know that band they're from the 90s uh, mm-hmm. or maybe like a slow tempo version of uh new pornographers maybe uh, a little sonic youthy influence in there somewhere it's just lo-fi fuzz garage pop stuff um okay but they do have some good songs like problems with prolonged youth as a title like mail crates stacked high and left to ollie over disunited by my mouth filled now later spit dripping as my clothes a good one that i like is it's called fits of jealous rage or in this year husbands attack these soft shows there's a song about how cinema sort of lets everybody down repeatedly it's called too many lens flares that's a fun song do a really really cool cover of if you were here the thompson twin song from 16 candles Mm -hmm. does it pass the backtail test yes i'm gonna say yes if you were here i could deceive you if you were here you would believe So they're called Soccer Team. Uh, Check them out. I recommend it. Nice. So that was music. Uh, Movies, I caught a couple things. So I watched a documentary called Future Shock, the story of 2000 AD, which was, it's the British comic magazine. It's where Judge Dredd uh, got his start. Uh, And they've been around since the 70s. So they were like a real punky, uh, screw you, 
flip off to the the man in the establishment but they started with a lot of uh writers and artists that we all kind of know now like neil gaiman was one of them he started there uh dave gibbons the guy that wrote or not wrote but he uh he yeah. drew watchman alan moore uh, yeah. started there alan moore started there grant morris yeah Al, uh grant morrison who does a bunch of like jla stuff i guess and his deadpool so all these people that kind of are now established in that comic realm uh have all had their roots in 2000 ad and it was a really cool uh documentary to see because it was just sort of all of the interplay and all the back and forth and how they kind of wanted to stick it to the people and then they they kind of created judge dread as sort of this uber uh statement on fascism and they said the more fascist they made him, the more people loved him. Yeah. Which totally boggled their minds because they're like, the more we're trying to make a statement about how fascism is bad, the people just start eating it up more and more and more. It's the George Carlin thing about the ability for people at home to go, he's not talking about us, honey. Yeah. You know, the idea that basically it's like, it's, yeah, it's a fascist nightmare cop, but he's, he's, he's getting bad people, not us. I finally decided, fuck these people, these humans, let them do their thing. I'll watch. It's fun. I'm out here. I have no stake in the outcome anymore. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what happens to your country. I don't care what happens to your species. You can go get fucked. You know, what's really nice about what's nice about the public. They sit there and they go, he doesn't mean us, honey. He doesn't mean us. He's talking about those Well, tell him you there. do mean them. I do. It was pretty cool. So if you like 2000 AD or the kind of stuff that they were doing, sort of that uh, indie press vibe, but I guess they're establishment now because they're still, I think they're still pumping them out. Uh, but just hyper-violent, super weird, brutish sensibility. So lo- sort of like the, the uh, cracked to heavy metals mad magazine? Kind of, I guess. <laughs> what does that mean? Um... just roll with it just roll with it it's good and that's on uh amazon i think amazon prime and then the other thing i watched and this was yesterday which i'm really regretting it now is the uh magnificent seven remake that they did with oh i've seen this denzel and chris pratt and uh i think vincent d'onofrio is in it it's fucking awful. He, Holy Christ. Dinofrio is the best part of it. Yeah. It's something people don't seem to remember is that The Magnificent Seven wasn't that good. It was just really big. For its time, it was a big film. I love The Magnificent Seven. I didn't. I thought it was overdone. It was a very Hollywood movie for its time, but eh, it didn't need to be. Well, I will still watch it because it's Yul Brenner, Steve McQueen, Robert Vaughn is in it. You know the story of uh, Steve McQueen and Yul Brenner on that film? Tell us. My friend Kevin told me this story, and so I got to you know give props to him for this knowledge, this science that I'm kicking. Apparently, Steve McQueen, if you watch about half the movie, he's always got some piece of action, some kind of business he's doing, some sort of something to draw attention to himself because he was that <laughs> insecure. That's, that's and awesome. And at one point in the middle of filming, Yul Brenner says to him, you cut that shit out. Otherwise... I'm going to take off my hat. And then there is not one eyeball that's going to look at you. They're all going to look at my bald head. And he stopped. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like there's a part when they're about to do the uh, the thing where they're going to ride the, the body to the cemetery in the beginning when Steve McQueen is going to ride shotgun. And he's loading the shotgun with the shotgun shells. And he's doing the thing where he's shaking them by his ear to make sure they're not duds. It's unnecessary action. And I remember watching it as a kid and going, why is he doing so much stuff? Why is he always just moving? Well, that's why. 
but this remake was it's totally useless and unnecessary and they kind of mixed it up a little bit and got a little bit more diversity in the cast which is interesting to see uh but it doesn't really make a lick of sense in the whole context mm. of the actual history of the west because one of them is a korean guy that throws knives but also shoots and he's hanging out with ethan hawk who's like a guy from new orleans who's like a sharpshooter in the confederate war i knew it this is this is that uh anton fuqua isn't it because it's got his entire favorite cast in it yeah yeah and it's just it's awful and when i when i finished what struck me is that it it basically the story structure that they've got uh it might as well have been marvel's the avengers the way that it's structured because <laughs> uh, you have the the baddie intro at the beginning and a lot of stuff goes horribly awry, and that sets the plot in motion. And then you have a long plotting portion where it's just, hey, let's get all of the characters introduced and assembled as the team. Uh, and then the very end, they effectively have what amounts to the same battle at the end of Avengers in New York, but it's just in this small western town. Yeah. And they're blowing up shit with dynamite, and a Gatling gun comes out, and buildings are getting destroyed, and the whole thing. And it's like, what the? Is it just unnecessary i never quite put together actually how much the avengers is actually like the magnificent seven but i didn't see it coming because they don't see it coming you know it's like they don't know that yeah they're about to you know have a, a last stand in new york but if they had known it was coming and they were preparing then yeah it would have been the magnificent seven well the thing that i like most about this new magnificent seven is that you've got a, 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 like i say, it's a diverse crew so it's uh what is it four white guys Oh, no, it's three white guys, the Korean guy, Denzel, a Hispanic guy, and then they've got a, a Comanche uh, as one of their crew to kind of mix it up. And Star-Lord. Well, he's one of the white guys, right? He's white. Yeah, but he's, but he's I mean, he might as well be Star-Lord. <laughs> yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like, it's, it seems he's like the Chris Pratt character. It seems very Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy as well, now that you mention it. So, yeah. Uh, but the three that survive are Denzel, the Hispanic guy, and the Comanche. Oh, you spoiled the whole... God damn it. There's some people who wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> ah, yeah. sucker. Well, not anymore, <laughs> and I've just saved them two and a half hours of their day. Well, you gotta have a, a body count. If you're gonna do Magnificent Seven, there's, I'm surprised anyone lives. So, don't watch it. That's what I'm saying. Watch the other version, The Three Amigos. It's much better. The Three or Amigos you, is yeah, far yeah. superior. <laughs> or, or even Silverado, for that matter. Fuck. That was a great film watch anything else a rare kevin costner uh personable performance true where he wasn't so dour and awful yeah i agree and then lastly and this is a quickie uh but i watched the new stand-up special from mark Marin on netflix called too real and it is one of the funniest things i have ever seen in i don't know how long and i cannot state that that's not hyperbole that's absolute fact i'm not the most courageous guy i'm sort of an alpha pussy there's the classic alpha male just a meathead rage filled like and then there's the alpha pussy who makes fun of that guy Uh, i laugh from start to finish and he does a lot of stuff that really hit home for me he's got a whole bit in there about the rolling stones and seeing a concert with them and it fits perfectly with our previous episode uh and his (laughs) and with our talking about (laughs) and his uh his main uh hook for that whole monologue was that he was on the fence with going because basically who wants to fuck with all the parking (laughs) <laughs> so that's the little nugget for that uh and then he's got a bit called the trepidation of the dave matthews fan 
which I thought was funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I pay for premium parking at concerts when I go now. The last time I did it, it yeah. was so worth the upcharge. I got out of that place in 15 minutes. And yeah, you don't even stay for the encores anymore. It's like, ah, oh, fuck this. I'm out. I stayed for encores and got out of there in 15 minutes. The, like, <laughs> well, the expensive well, parking down. lot is like disconnected from all the other bullshit. And you can just go like, like you're leaving a movie theater. The funniest thing he did, though, was he was talking about new media and how he, like, he doesn't know how people binge shows and this and that because just there's stuff everywhere. And he does a little bit about someone trying to explain to him about this new new show they saw. It's really awesome. It's called Turd Journey. Have you seen this? Turd Journey. There's like 40 episodes. It's not what it sounds like, but it kind of is, but it's more than that. But you can download it on the Clomper app. <laughs> just like, and it's like this whole thing he does about how stupid new media is. And it fucking, I was like crying. It is so funny. <laughs> So watch it. He has the he had the my one of my favorite jokes in stand up. It was just I I'm not so much following my dream as I am being dragged by it. I thought that was the perfect <laughs> statement. <laughs> all right. So that's what I did. So I recommend all of that except uh, Magnificent Seven. And that's the fresh shit for this week. Fresh goes better. Fresh, fresh goes better. All right, so hear ye, hear ye. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we can do this. Get on with it. Get on with it, then. Hear ye, hear ye. Court is now in session. The quote-unquote honorable Brian Kruger presiding today. We shall hear arguments against and, I suppose, for the film I, Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Which holds a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I was surprised at that one. And stars... Aaron Eckhart. And Yvonne Strahovski. Don't oh, forget her. Yes. This movie does not pass the Bechtel test. Um, <laughs> counsel for the prosecution today will be Eric. And uh, do we have anyone who's willing to defend this movie? I will. Uh, I'll, I'll defend it. Oh, you'll defend it. All right. Oh, Eric will defend it too. Okay. So we're already basically going to just like not succeed at this court thing. Let's just talk. I'll bust on it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> The court thing is dumb. I delete all of that. Uh. All right, then wait. Start over and explain. Okay, guys, we were going to do a people's court of a movie, but... Replete with Doink Doink from Law & Order. We can still have Doink Doink from Law & Order. Okay, I like that. Let's just just throw it in randomly. Structuring this thing is impossible. <laughs> yeah, so it's I, Frankenstein is a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is just abysmal. Uh, and I liked it. Brian thought he was being cheeky and making us watch this thing. And then it turns out that Eric and I really didn't hate it at all. I kind of liked it actually. <laughs> which really, yeah, it makes, <laughs> which makes me laugh even harder. So out of the three of us, Brian is the only one that really truly uh, hates it apparently. You know, I rewatched it and honestly, I didn't hate it on the second watch as much as I just didn't. <laughs> I was completely apathetic towards here's, it. Here's the way I read it, okay? Because I don't know when you guys, well, I know, Chris, you saw it this week. But uh, if if this movie just came out and it had all the new movie hype, you'd go and see it and you'd go, fuck, no, this is bad. This is awful. If you then three to six months later uh, caught it flipping through Amazon Prime and you remembered everyone talking about this movie and how much it sucked and you watched it, you'd go, this is really good because it had the stink of all of the poor reviews. Uh, And it goes back to a thing I've said about uh, the, the inverse rule of movie trailers, 
where the better the trailer is, the worse mm-hmm. the movie is. And the worse the trailer is, the better the movie is because your expectations are shifted. I remember thinking that Wayne's World was going to be the shittiest film of all time, and I laughed my ass off. I remember thinking the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles looked hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> it never looked hardcore. Are you an idiot? The original one, not the, the Michael Bay one. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a bunch of guys walking around in suits and Corey Feldman. Right. And I went, oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I am down with that shit. And you know what? It was it was just it was far too commercial for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's what it was. I like when the third one came out, the one where they go back in time to fuel Japan. And we went like a group of us to see that at the dollar theaters and you bailed to go see Sandra <laughs> just like left the movie and we didn't know where the fuck you were and then we stayed through the entire movie and walked out and you're like you're just hanging out in the lobby you're like no oh, I went saw Sandlot it was really fucking good it's like you asshole so I actually saw I Frankenstein the first time in the theaters I knew going in it was going to be terrible though like I mean it had a trailer and the trailer you know it pretty well described oh this is going to be stupid kind of like abraham lincoln vampire hunter but not as good mm. and good book in 3d and by god i saw it and got exactly that movie here's the analogy is like if i'm watching tv and i'm just flipping channels because i'm just not really in the mood to do anything at that moment uh i apparently have a habit of just stopping on full house when it's Why? on like nickelodeon or whatever a well here's the thing i, I will stop there and and then I will like come out of some weird trance after like ten or fifteen minutes and realize that I've been staring at Full House, but I have not been uh, watching it. I've been in my own like world doing whatever. There's something wrong with you. Well, I think it's well, I think it's just whatever like weird Full House video drone bullshit. Yeah, but I don't want. I don't. Re- I don't remember any so, of it. Scary, scary Gary used to stare at the Golden Girls. I guess Chris is getting his signals from the aliens through Full House. Yeah, uh, it's it's whatever video drone thing is going on. It's happening through uh, Full House okay. for me. It's that's the deal. Oh Jesus! But I I will just. Uh, but I'll like I'll I'll wake up out of my trance and go. Oh fuck! What the Full House? No. And then I'll click on. But I don't know how I got there. Uh, I get, it's like getting blackout drunk and just watching Full House. Actually, it's been so long since we've had like wired TV where you're flipping through channels. I, I guess I don't conceptually understand watching something without like actively picking it. So that's probably my thing. <laughs> yeah, well, I do it all the time. I saw an Onion article that was like Netflix introduces new tier where you can't watch anything. You can just flip through the catalog. <laughs> Oh, God. Which is frankly probably <laughs> enough for most Netflix users. Which is true. So yeah, but that's sort of how I, I view I Frankenstein. It's just something mm-hmm. you can tune out if you wanna. You can engage with it if you want to. Uh, but I just like that that it's called I Frankenstein because at the end of it, I just felt like I Frankenstein, you Frankenstein, we, we all, all Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, come on. Also, it made me think of other movies that start with I. Uh, just and that was one thing that I was sort of meandered off on when when there was some weird action battle going on between demons and gargoyles. I'm sorry, I I just don't believe in gargoyles and demons. Frankenstein, gargoyles and demons, <laughs> and I I am Frankenstein. My name, it's pronounced 
Frankenstein. But I said, I think it was like, this would, like, I Claudius. I could be watching I Claudius right now. I could be watching I Spy. I Robot. No, not I Robot. I Huckabees. Not I Robot. Don't watch I Robot. <laughs> Never watch I Robot. <laughs> hey, do you Robot? I Robot. Do you Robot? <laughs> we all Robot. I am God. You are God. We are all God. How about Ice Pirates? Underrated. <laughs> Use Pirates. Yeah. <laughs> But then the other thing that struck me about I Frankenstein is just all of the movies that it's exactly like yeah. that all made money. And so they, they figured what could possibly go wrong. We're going to make bank on this thing. And uh, they didn't. It was made by the guy who made the Underworld movies. And it was based on a comic and screenplay by the guy who created the Underworld movie. So they were pretty much yeah. shaping up to make another Underworld. And as, you know, they wanted to do, they wanted to do an ex- as sort of universe crossover kind of thing, but yeah. it bombed so bad they abandoned it. I like... Well, they were going to have a post-credit scene with Kate, Kate Beckinsale, yeah. but they scrapped it. Yeah. Because nobody went and saw it. It probably tested poorly. But it just made me think of, there's Underworld... And then Blade, it made me think of Blade. It made me think of The Prophecy with Christopher Walken. It made me think of the graphics on all the sci-fi channel shows that are better than the <laughs> exactly. CGI in this movie. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, well, like Spider-Soar or some whatever movie they got. That was something I know you had said, that the CGI is really bad in this. And I'm watching it and I'm going, I'm not exactly sure I know what a gargoyle coming to life and slaying a demon would look like. <laughs> So it's kind of it, tough for me to judge. Well, it wouldn't look like a PlayStation 3 game, okay? Which is what this fucking <laughs> movie looks like. For all I know, if that really happened, I'd go, God damn it, the graphics on this reality are low. <laughs> it, was, it was the best movie version of the Gargoyles TV show I've ever seen. For the for listeners who hopefully haven't actually ever seen this thing, just a, a, a very brief description of the scenario here, because there really isn't a great deal of story. Ooh, can, I, can I read the Google description? Sure. Okay, because it's really good. Uh, Two centuries after Dr. Frankenstein assembles and reanimates his creature, Adam, played by Aaron Eckhart, is still living. He becomes embroiled in a war between two immortal races, gargoyles, traditional protectors of mankind, and the evil demons. Since Adam is neither human nor demon, gargoyle queen Leonore and demon prince Nibirius each want him for their own purposes. It is up to Adam to discover his inner humanity and the reason for his continued existence. End scene. Basically, the demons have built uh, the demon matrix. They have a whole shit ton of corpses. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Their plot. Yeah. Do you want to give it away? Do you want to really give it away? Some people might Yes, wanna... don't watch this. Okay, if you're listening to this and you do want to watch it, because I'm saying you should watch it, uh, stop or go forward 30 seconds. But, okay, go ahead, Brian. So the demons are, are trying to capture Frankenstein because they want to study him. They're trying to figure out how Dr. Frankenstein's work work because they need animated bodies with no souls. Right, right. He created a soulless body, and this way demons can possess those bodies, and then demons can walk the earth. And I thought that was a smart idea for a movie. Well, because they tell you straight up, a demon spirit can only possess a body without a soul. Right, so why don't the demons immediately possess Frankenstein in the first five minutes of the movie, have him, you know, show him the ropes, and then they, movie's they done. They couldn't find him. Like, and he had those Kenpo sticks. Yeah. 
He beat the fuck out of you. And the knife where he scrawled the symbol that basically means you can kill uh, demons. Yeah. Even though right. none of the gargoyles did that. They just I like how they just throw that out at the beginning. If you if you put our symbol that's sacrosanct on the weapon and then you can kill demons. No, all of their weapons were marked that way. That's why they were wiping out demons right and left. They were. But he's in the forest, like actually scrawling the symbol on this blade thing yeah. that he uses later. And it's like, okay, so all you need is that symbol. I get it. Well, I love it. Yeah, kind of like, you know, stabbing a vampire in the heart with a wooden stake or shooting a, a werewolf <laughs> exactly. with a silver bullet. Who gives a fuck? That, those are the rules, you know? Uh, so the thing this movie does have is the most amazing exposition. <laughs> Which I would like to say it's like all the dialogue. None of the actors are have their tongue in their cheek at all. Aaron Eckhart is playing this completely straight. Miranda Otto, who is the high queen of the Gargoyle Order... Gargoyle Order. Uh, has Say that to three times really fast. The High Queen of the Gargoyle Order. Um, gargoyle Order, Gargoyle Order, Gargoyle Order. She has to deliver so many ridiculous exposition dumps. She has yeah. the most thankless I, role. I, lo- I mean, and I want to play the clip if, if we can at some point because she's got the the whole thing where she's like, my name is Leonor, High Queen of the Gargoyle High Order. Queen this is Gideon, Gargoyle my most trusted warrior. You were attacked by four demons under the command of a dark prince called Nibiris. Fortunately, Ofer and Kazir are on watch nearby. They realize you are in trouble. You're in trouble. Only when she did it, she sounded like Miranda Otto. The Gargoyle Order was commanded into being by the great archangel Michael. It is our sacred duty to wage war against the demon horde. The 666 legions of hell-spawned creatures unleashed by Satan after his fall from heaven. Humans think of us as mere decoration. They do not know, nor could they conceive of the brutal unseen war being fought around them every day. Oh, the accents in this movie are all over the place. Like, sometimes they're Australian, sometimes they're English, sometimes they're American. Sometimes within the same sentence, it's all of the above. Again, (laughs) not a problem for me. And then there's Bill Bill Nye, the actor guy, doing his thing. And they're all in Paris and nobody's French. Who gives a shit? I mean, even the cop isn't French. Was that supposed to be Notre Dame Cathedral, yes, by the way? Because yes. all I could think of was, man, those are some amazing buttresses. That is some good buttress work going on here. Yeah. So yeah, Bill Nye, the actor guy, is the main demon. The demons, by the way, when they reveal their demon faces, look pretty much like John Big Boutte from Buckaroo Bonsai. I, I thought they looked more like John Yaya, really. Or John Smallberries, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no any, any one of those knows Johns. what you're talking about. No one knows <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> you know. Eric knows. I know. It's a Buckaroo Bonsai reference. If you've, if you've listened to this podcast, you might know. They actually, at the beginning, had some character when they saw Frankenstein's monster uh, in the graveyard. They actually said, it's alive. It's alive. They did the pre- it's alive. They- yes. Twice. It's alive. It's alive. It's the perfunctory it's alive. And all I can think of is Gene Wilder from Young Frankenstein when that one comes up now. He usurps all all other Frankenstein it's alive. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. I love any time Aaron Eckhart is delivering exposition because yeah. he has to deliver this crap in the stupid <laughs> Batman was, you know, I am not human, nor gargoyle, nor demon. He's, oh, God. I am not human. Nor gargoyle, nor demon. I like the one. I, descender of the demon horde. I, my father's son. I, Frankenstein. I am out there fighting to defend you. I, my father's son. I, 
Frankenstein. This ends tonight. They actually put that one in there, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do without a this ends tonight in a movie. Fair enough. So apparently the secret to Dr. Frankenstein's work was that he brought the corpse to life with six electric eels. Electric eels. That's where he got his power from. You know, it's actually a fish. Six electric eels generating 500 volts each. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. That's why he doesn't have the bolts in his neck. And it's actually also a callback to the Francis Ford Coppola, Kenneth Branagh attempt at a Frankenstein, remember? Because they did the electric eels. Was Coppola in on that one? He produced it. Uh, after he did the Dracula movie. So that was like the artsy dark universe yes. they were trying to yes. do. Yes, yes. Oh, fuck me. God damn. So this movie is also guilty of giving Jai Courtney work, which <laughs> is a sin. <laughs> it's true. His film career is really awful. Uh, I liked him in the Spartacus show. Not because of him. I just think that show is just batshit insane anyway. Because just nothing but violence and gore from... Frame one to frame end. I gotta watch that. It's amazing. Oh, it's, it's just insane. Like the first two series are good, and then it, the the main actor ended up dying, so they had to replace him, and then it kind of just wasn't any good anymore. Who is this guy's agent? How does he keep getting cat? Like he was cast as like the heir apparent of the Die Hard franchise, <laughs> yeah, which is awful. As fucking Michael Bean <laughs> in the Terminator universe. Somehow uh. he's he's uh, Kyle Reese. How the fuck is he Kyle Reese? Well, he's the evil henchman in uh, Jack Reacher, uh, which is basically just the quiet killer dude that just gets his ass handed to him by five foot three Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's just actually, I on, think dude. his best role was Captain Boomerang in Suicide Squad. Missed it. Although he is in the uh, the new Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, uh, that's true. That they're doing. So maybe he can redeem himself. Nah, he sucks in that too. <laughs> But I like the Bill Bill Nye chewing scenery, and it's like, this guy can do no wrong. It's just like, you're, this is like the dumbest stuff I've ever seen you do, yet I'm still watching you do it, because you're Bill He's Nye. He's the only one who knows how dumb this movie is, I think. <laughs> exactly, exactly. My apologies for the zealous nature of our security. Perhaps if you'd simply knocked on the front door, this unfortunate awkwardness might have been avoided. Who are you? Charles Wessex. And you must be Frankenstein. My name is Adam. We are all the sons of our fathers, are we not? Denying who we are only means that we are lost. And it's just like his character in Underworld. That's what kills me. Yeah, I don't me. know how they would have done a crossover since he's in both of them. Well, if you can do uh, the like Lindsay Lohan playing twins in The Parent Trap, then you can do anything. That would have actually been a really funny thing with the two of them, and they do the split screen, and one of them says to the other one, you look good. And the other one says, no, <laughs> you look good. No, you look good. No, no, you look good. Oh, my, no, you look good. <laughs> Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get together. Yeah, Who yeah, is yeah. this fabulous vampire? Oh, who is this lovely demon? Who is he? I love your look. The leather, it works. Well, thank you. I like your suit. <laughs> Just, uh, by the way, uh, another quote for you. Trusting others is a mistake you only make once. Trusting others is a mistake you only make once. I have a problem with none of this. Absolutely none of it. I don't mind it. It is what it is. I mean, it's just, it's a yeah. B movie. That's it. Exactly. It's like, you don't ask this of something higher. To me, it seems like it, it's 
so similar to things like Underworld and, and the other movies that we've mentioned that I think it's, for some reason there's just this expectation that it has to be like a total serious thing, but they camped it up big time. I don't think they they really cared that they were not doing it straight. I think they just said, "Hey, well, this, this should just be fun." Yeah, and then so you get the the battles and the, and like demons dying left and right, and it's just the red fireballs and whatever. You know, it's just goofy fun. Yeah. If you look at comic books, you know, as, well, come on, let me get this straight. A guy comes from another planet and he looks just like us and he can fly and they it all looks silly. I like that he also uh, jumps through a shit ton of windows in this thing. That's like his, his go-to move. I'm going to bust through this giant plate glass window. <laughs> he does it like four times. I want to talk about the geography of this movie. So the demons are holed up in some ridiculous, you know, modern industrial warehouse thing where they have those stupid see-through monitors. Like, nobody would ever want a computer monitor that you could see through because it's just hard to fucking read. It was very Avengers to me. I think they were trying to make it look future-y. But underneath <laughs> it, there's just, like, endless stories of the demon matrix. That demon matrix underground alone would easily have reached the cathedral where the gargoyles were. Like, the, the, the gargoyles at the end of the movie are like, oh, he's leading us to them. Yeah, he leads the gargoyles to the demons by walking about five blocks. <laughs> yeah, really. It's like, you, you, you couldn't find each other? Yeah, dude. That was a totally unrealistic piece of architecture in the movie about gargoyles fighting demons. You're absolutely right. Yeah, a real gargoyle demon wouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like the fact that when they were uh, reanimating these tens of thousands of uh, corpses, and they all had the little readouts on the front of their uh, <laughs> progress bar, like yeah. sar- sarcophagi, and it was like it was like windows loading. It was like and it reanimating, and then a percentage. But I like all I could see was that little fucking circle that goes around and round and round when you're trying to load something on Windows. I wondered how the bodies didn't all rot. That's one thing I did wonder. He's been collecting bodies for a very long time like uh, Pokemon, so that one day he could reanimate them and and have like all these undead. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, as stated, I kind of dug this movie. I'm with him on this, but they weren't refrigerated. So that, that must stink to high heaven. And in fact, why aren't they mostly yeah, bones? Again, you should be able to find them. Well, you know, there's an entire army of human monsters like me. Tens of thousands of them. It could mean the end of all mankind. That's another quote. <laughs> I thought it was the end, but it was actually just the beginning. Yeah, that one was weak. I thought it was the end, but it was actually just the beginning. And that's at the beginning of the movie. I love it. <laughs> it's like, thanks, dude. Can I have some more dialogue that explains everything to me? Thank you. I can tune out now. Well, most of the dialogue is the dialogue is, is the words in a comic book that are in the little rectangle in the yeah. corner, right? Well, and then it's also accompanied by, and this was my probably my favorite stylistic choice in the movie was that anytime someone like draws a blade or gets a weapon out, they just have that swing, 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 like every that, time, every, every time. I know, and yeah. it's amazing. That, it doesn't matter what movie that. you're watching. If if somebody pulls a knife out of a kitchen drawer it goes shing because that's what foley artists have decided <laughs> or anytime you punch somebody your fist traveling through the air goes you know it's like everyone breaks the sound barrier with their fists when they punch yeah and all light bulbs go yeah when turned on <laughs> so any final thoughts on i frankenstein yeah it was good 
It was fun. I liked it. It was just dumb entertainment. And he beats I mean, people up with a stick. Can we get to that? He takes. He has two heavy sticks and he beats people up with them and kills them. It was fucking great. That's yeah. what. Yeah. Well, they said that they were blunt instruments. And you need to be real strong to do it. And guess what? I'm Frankenstein. I'm real strong. I'll fuck a man up with these things. It was great. <laughs> and he did. He fucked a lot of people up with those sticks. All I can think of, the only thing that would make it better, to, in my thinking, is if they, they did something with the soundtrack. Because let's be real, the, the song at the end of the movie yeah. is fucking <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. Having any kind of pop song was dumb. Yeah. Should have been more gothic. The wannabe stabbing westward song. Yeah, it's like this like orgy slash muse bullshit from a band called Maker. Uh, the song is called Misgiving. And it's, it's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Uh, the video's really awesome, though. They do a lot of guitar moves and whatnot. Oh, and they've you got a, and the video. Oh, yeah. They've got a chick drummer. It's amazing. You know what else would have made this movie really great, though? Incredible Hulk. If they'd have found a way to get Incredible, <laughs> Incredible Hulk in this movie, <laughs> two of them Hulk. in a team-up, motherfucker, that would have been awesome! Him with the sticks and, and Hulk the ultimate with crossover. the and Yeah! I love playing the dummy on this show. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> if you get rid of the, the music at the end and you actually use uh frankenstein themed songs like i would have just loved if they just somewhere threw in there like the edgar winter group or feed my frankenstein by alice cooper we're not worthy we're not worthy well he's also got another one called teenage frankenstein which is better uh, the, the lyrics on that one are like, got a synthetic face, got some scars and a brace. My hands are rough and bloody. I'll walk into the night, women faint at the sight. I ain't no cutie pie. And it's this like Rocky beat guitar crunch. He has a lot of songs about Frankenstein for some reason. This Alice Cooper. But I think if they did just if they'd have done something like that, uh, I'd have been happier. Because the, the the music was really lacking, mm. frankly. All right, so that's me failing to pick a movie bad enough to offend Chris and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if we were if we were going to do the courtroom thing, I had a whole deal uh, set up for closing remarks, and it was going to end with Otter's uh, monologue from Animal House. <laughs> yeah, I actually had worked out my uh, Al Pacino impression. I'm out of order. You're out of order. You're the case of- is out of order. The whole fucking thing is out of order. So, yes, best laid plans completely ruined, and this is why we don't write <laughs> scripted podcasts like Within the Wires. <laughs> yes, um, because I am Frankenstein. You are Frankenstein. We are we all, all Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be Frankenstein because he beats people with sticks. And that wraps up another episode of the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Hey, we got a favor to ask of you. If you've been listening to our shows, why don't you share them on your social media feeds? Share them with your friends on Facebook. Tweet about them. Again, if you're listening, you're probably one of the people who knows us. So, yeah, hey, help us out, right? Otherwise, if you want to reach us on Twitter, it's still at MagHuge. 
on facebook.com slash magnificently huge and magnificently huge at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you